Why don't you grab a seat on the way down? Yeah, that's my wife here, Pastor Anna Giles. There she is. She's a little thing and uh, she's awesome. We've been married for 24 years. We've got four children, uh, two boys, two girls, uh, just awesome kids. Our oldest is 19. He just finished school and he's just got a girlfriend. It's a bit weird. And she's six foot one. She's tall. And then my son, other son, Samson, he's uh, a rugby league player. He's trying to get into the NRL. You guys probably don't know that much about NRL here, do you? A little bit, yeah. Well, he's trying to get into that. He's been selected in a trial of under 19s. He's only 17 uh, in the Northern Pride. Terrible name for a football team, Pride, Northern Pride. But uh, he's in that under 19s and he's only 17. He's the youngest in the squad. And so he's hoping to break through into NRL. And then we've got two beautiful daughters, Josie, who plays rugby league as well. She's 15. I don't like it. She's too pretty. And she's getting bashed up. She got squished the other day. She said a big lady landed on her and she got squished, but she loved it. And then there's Phoebe, our youngest, we call Phobus. She's like, she's a horse lover. Anyone here like horses? She's addicted to horses. She loves horses and she just went on a horse camp and she's awesome. But um, that's our little family and it's awesome. But we planted the church back in Cairns 13 years ago. I got a job offer. Up, I was a landscaper and also a male model. The male modeling career didn't really work out. So I had to go to, <laughs> had to, go to landscaping. Um, some people say that I look like Brad Pitt, you know. No, no one does. But... Uh, but it's amazing. We, we started the church just on the back of our house. Pastor Phil, years ago, he said this 2020 vision that said we'll plant, uh, have a thousand churches by the year 2020. And uh, I was sitting in the pews and uh, I just felt like this, mm, something stirred in me. We got offered to go to Cairns for a, a landscaping job. But God's sort of into the detail and twix things around. We went up there and we, we had to start a landscaping business, uh, which was a Brisbane-based company, but it was really like a setup, like a prerequisite to planning a church. And so I went up there, had to find a building, had to find staff, had to find jobs. But all the while, that was sort of like just a prerequisite to planning a church. We never worked in church. We never worked ever in church. We didn't even know how it worked, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, get rid of the politics and all that sort of stuff. And we just, we just launched out and we just felt like God called us to plant a church. So we started a church back in 2010 from the back of our house. And we just started off and we just kept on believing in people. And then we, where we are today, we got, we're a church of about 400 people. And uh, we're, we're reaching the community. We're standing strong. We're, we're like-minded with your pastors. And uh, it's refreshing to have that also encouragement from your pastors towards us and for other pastors that are like-minded, it's so refreshing to hang around because you get inspired because you know you're on the right track. And I know that you're in a series. We'll get to it. We'll get to the Bible. Hey, who wants to get to the Bible? I could just talk all day. But um, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 5. But um, uh, you're, in a, you're in a series of foundations. Is it called Foundation or Foundation of Faith? Foundations of faith, perfect. And I've got this key thought. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The key thought is God brings faith into the life 
of those He touches. And He builds our faith to match where we are and where we need to be. The thing about God and think about our faith, it, it's always growing. It's always expanding. The job of a Christian is maturity, that we continue to grow, we continue to expand. And the feeling of faith is, is not that nice. It's risk. It's, it's hard. When you step out in faith, it's, it's not the best sort of feeling. But when you know that you're stepping out, you can feel like the wind of heaven coming behind you. And there's this, just this flow to it. It's not an easy step. So when we planted the church, it, was, it wasn't an easy step. We, we moved from Sydney. I grew up in Sydney. All my life, we were 36, we had two children. We just built a house in Sydney, Anna's dream house. We built. And, uh, and we didn't even really completely finish it till we had to move to come to Cairns. And then we would go to Cairns. And what was the hardest decision to leave family? You know, my mum is just an awesome mum. She passed away about eight years ago. But that was one of the hardest decisions to leave Sydney to go to Cairns, a long distance away, take her two grandkids at the time away. It's a hard decision, but we felt like this was it. And we stepped out in faith and it turned out to be the greatest decision we have ever done. Cairns is the most, you know, I always say to people, if you, you know, when I go to heaven, God's going to give me a leave pass to come to Cairns because it is so beautiful. Has everyone be, anyone been to Cairns? Yeah, yeah. This week, you just got back. Where'd you go? Beautiful spot. That's one of my, it's me and Anna's favourite beach because you can sit on the grass. You don't have to touch the sand. Sometimes there's a crocodile that comes past and on the southern side, there's a heap of turtles that gather around there. And then, um, then we can eat the turtles. Some, who likes eating turtle? No one? Uh, has anyone eaten turtle? Oh, I've eaten turtle and dugong. It's, it's common up there. It's beautiful. Yeah, dugong's like, um, and dolphin, we eat dolphin. And, no, we don't. We don't eat dolphin. <laughs> my, my dad always said, you know what, wouldn't that be a good Olympic sport? We put a target on a dolphin uh, dorsal fin, and when they pop out, you've got to shoot it. And I thought, oh, that would be a great... Li-. No one likes that, do they? Oh, we've got too many dolphin lovers here, everyone. Yeah. You can't eat dolphin because of the mercury, but everything else, you know, it's beautiful. We won't get there. Let's get back to faith. Foundation of faith. So God brings faith into the life that He touches. And He builds our faith to match where we are at and where we need to be. I'm going to read a big passage of Scripture and then I want to break it apart. It's in Matthew 5, verse 21 to 43. And it says, And Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around Him on the shore. The leader of the synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her and heal her so that she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, followed crowded around him. In verse 25, it says, A woman in the crowd had suffered 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything that she had to pay for them but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him, came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, 
if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel her body that she had been healed from her terrible condition. Verse 30 says that Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out of him. So he turned around into the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How could you ask who touched you? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then this frightened woman, trembling at the realisation of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told her that she, what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. So beautiful. Verse 35 says, While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told her, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Can everyone say, just have faith? Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go in except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. And they came to the home of the synagogue leader and Jesus saw the commotion and the weeping and the wailing. And He went inside and He asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead, she's only asleep. The crowd laughed and, he, and then He made them leave and He took the girl's father and mother and the three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, He said, Talitha Kuman, I think that's right, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone of what had happened. And then He told them to go give them something to eat. It's a phenomenal passage of Scripture. I love this passage of Scripture because it takes us where our faith is at. And there's two people in this, this, this story. There's Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood. Totally different. Jairus was a leader a leader of a synagogue. He could have run service. He was wealthy. But he had this 12-year-old daughter who was dying. The joy of his life was about to be removed. Then you have this woman. She was probably an outcast, separated from society. That's what Leviticus 15 talks about when you got uh, a condition that you got to separate from society. If she was married, she would be probably divorced. She was an outcast. She was broken. She felt hopeless. But these two people, this 12-year-old girl and this woman with an issue of blood for 12 years, somehow their bodies and their soul were connected and they were about to receive a miracle from a life-giving God. And their souls were somehow knitted together in this story. So that we have two types of people with the same need. Jairus, who was rich, the woman who was poor, Jairus who was accepted, the woman was an outcast. Jairus who had a family, this woman was all alone. They were both beyond natural help, but somehow they came together, bonded with their souls to receive this life-giving power. So I want you to remember that God brings faith into the life of those He touches and He builds our faith to match where we're at and where we need to be. See, it starts off in this story 
when Jesus is heading back from the other side of the lake, he has just healed the most dysfunctional man in the Bible, the man who was demon-possessed. He, he's just healed him. He's just set him free, and he comes back in the boat. It was a massive day for Jesus. It was a big day. If you read Mark, it's a phenomenal story, phenomenal book. But this was a big day for Jesus, and he's on his way back. And Jairus steps in. And we don't know much about Jairus because we know that he wasn't a follower of Jesus. He didn't know much about Jesus. He wasn't known to be friendly towards Jesus. In fact, Jesus was probably the outsider and everybody knew who Jairus was. He was the leader. And I think the crowd would have been amazed at this leader falling down at Jesus' feet, pleading, bowing like just hopelessly in agony because of his daughter. You know, it's what you do. I love this man because he didn't care what the people thought. He didn't care what the crowd was. He had a need and his daughter was dying. So he pleads for her. When you know that the joy of your life is about to be snuffed out, you do all that you can. He didn't care about the crowd. He didn't care about his title. He just fell at the feet and looked at Jesus. Bowing low. He was desperate because the joy of his life was about to be snuffed out. And Jesus and Jairus came to Christ, not because he loved Jesus, but what Jesus could do for him. He came because he had a need. He felt hopeless. And that's how we come to Christ a lot. Because we have a need. We feel like we're hopeless. See, Jairus wasn't sure about Jesus. Not sure about anything, but he knew that Jesus was somehow his only hope. Somehow his only hope. And this is how we mostly come to Christ. We have a need. Despair is commonly before grace, where we just tend to come to Jesus because we, we need something in our life. And we're so broken and we're so hurt that we need answers because we get to the end of ourselves where we need to surrender. And we come to Him and Jesus responds to the need of this man. He responds to his need. And it's like Jairus's faith is a baby faith. It's a little faith. But Jesus responds because Jesus is His only hope. And He, and he starts the journey back to the house. And the crowd starts following Him. Jesus said, I'm coming to heal your daughter. And the crowd starts following around. He starts building up this crowd as they start walking towards him. And I think Jairus is, at this time is thinking, oh, my daughter's going to get healed. Faith starts to grow. He said he's going to come. He went there with little faith, with just a bit of hope, like a wish. Jesus says, I'm coming. And so they start out walking. I believe his faith is starting to grow now. And as he's growing, suddenly the crowd, the pace of the crowd starts to slow down. And it comes to a complete stop. And Jairus is saying, why are we stopping? Why are we stopping? My daughter's down there. We've got to keep going. She's about to die. Why are we stopping? The agony of, of that stop would have been huge for Jairus. It's like an ambulance going through a busy city and he can't get through. He's trapped. He's trying to get to the destination, but there's too many cars around. Cars around. So he's trying to get through. So the agony... Too many people crowd around, he couldn't stop. And there was another needy person that day, this woman with the issue of blood. And in verse 27, it says that she heard about Jesus. So she came behind him through the crowd 
and touched Jesus' robe. She did her best to escape attention. She did her best to just hide through the crowds and, and grab her. And then she thought to herself, if I can just touch the robe, I'll be healed. And immediately the bleeding stopped. Awesome. See, it's the same power that Jesus has that calms the sea, that heals that demon-possessed man that now heals her 12-year-old sickness instantly. The world stopped and Jesus feels the power released. And Jesus says, Who's who touched me? The disciple says, what do you mean? There's everyone around you. Who touched me? And I feel like Jesus is calling the woman out. He's calling her to stand before him. He's not for his sake, but for her sake, but also for Jairus and also for us. Because he wants to build your faith. And Jairus sees this woman get healed. So his faith expands. If he can do it for her, he can do it for my daughter. So Jesus touches us and builds our faith and he tries to, and he makes us, expands to where our faith needs to be. And he's building Jairus' faith all the time. Jairus is probably thinking we're losing time, we've got to go there. But this woman with her faith, it was misguided. Her faith was in a touch, not in a person. It was a misguided faith, but Jesus still honours it. She sought some sort of magic touch. She sought a touch, but not the person. She thought if, if, if I could just touch him. And it was an uninformed faith. It was kind of like superstitious faith. Yet if it was real to her, and Jesus honours it. He honours her in perfect faith. And the deal is God does that today. That's how, we come, that's how the unchurched come. We come to God with all different reasons. They might not be sound doctrine, but He honours it because that somehow it's faith. And we come here searching and seeking and God says, I'm going to honour that because you're searching and seeking. And it's how we start to begin our trust with God and our faith continuously builds. This is encouraging for us because when we see faith touching people's lives, it can build us. We, it gets infectious. We can see it. And it's how the unchurched come to Christ. The woman wanted healing, but she wasn't caring about the healer. She just wanted the healing. And we come to Him because we've got a problem. And Jesus says, who touched me? Who touched me? Augustine says, the flesh presses, but faith touches. See, in the sea of a million hands, Christ sees the one that's lifted in faith. In a crowd of people, the one that exercises faith, the hand rises, God sees it. When you start exercising your faith, when you start growing your faith, God sees it. He says, I want you to keep growing, keep expanding, keep seeing it. And it grows and grows and grows. It was your faith, Jesus says to the woman, not a magic touch. It was nothing about the touch. It was about your faith that healed you. And we're all sick. We all of us get sick of something. So don't let Him pass by without reaching out for Him. There's something always going on in our world. And the sad thing is that we forget to reach out for Him. Let me encourage you with your foundation of faith, never stop reaching out for Him. The saddest thing is that we stop 
and we just sit. But this story tells us we've got to keep reaching out. We've got to keep believing the best, trusting in God. The first thing that we should fear is that we stop reaching out to Him. And Jesus' faith all the while, Jairus' faith all the while was increasing. This woman got healed. Man, I can see my daughter getting healed. I'm getting excited and excited. And Jairus' faith is increasing after he sees this and his faith is going to a whole new level. Remember, God brings faith into the lives of those He touches. And He builds our faith to match where we are at and where we need to be. And then in verse 35, a message comes and says, your daughter is dead. Faith, hope, completely squashed. But what I love about Jesus, instantly, because He hears it, just as quick as He loses faith, Jesus restores it. Just as quick. He says, he says don't be afraid. Just have faith. Instantly. This is super powerful. I don't, I, you can't miss this. This is one of the greatest things about this story because Jairus comes to Jesus with a wish that a hope that his daughter comes. And on that journey, his faith increases when he sees this woman getting healed. But now he gets the bad news and says that your daughter is dead. So Jesus is challenging him with his faith. He says, you came believing for healing. Now I challenge you to believe for a resurrection. See, there's one thing to believe for a healing and then another thing to stand in front of a dead corpse and believe for a resurrection. But his faith came alive because of what he saw. And he kept on believing. It's a powerful story. It's how foundation of faith works, where God builds it in the lives of those He touches and He increases it to get to the miracle where you need to go. Some of you need a miracle right now, but your faith is here. And you feel like, you know, God's trying to get to your faith in this one so you can see the answer, see the miracle, but your faith is here. So He wants to build that faith so that you can win. He doesn't want you to lose. He wants you to live victorious. He wants you to live boldness. He wants you to live encouraged 100% of the time. Have you ever thought how, life, how your life would be so different if you lived with 100% boldness or 100% encouraged? Imagine your marriages full of boldness, 100%. Imagine your businesses walking to every business meeting, 100%. Yeah, we're going to win this. We've got this. Your spirit's alive. So many Christians walk around sucking on a lemon where they're defeated, they're, they're hurting. Ah, oh, this is too hard. This is, you've got to shut up and change your mouth. Put faith in and let the God build you. You've got to switch on faith. The enemy always comes in, but switch on faith and stand strong. And see your business turning around, see your marriage turning around, see your kids' lives turning around, see the better thing. Just dream again about it. Too often we just... We've got little faith about that. Just plan for it and you'll hit it. But this is radical. Just have faith. Believe, but keep on believing. Believe and keep on believing. They came to his home and Jesus saw the weeping and wailing. He went inside and says, why is this commotion? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him. So he kicked them out. You got to get rid of the professional mourners in your life. If you got people that are always coming down and whinging at you, just get them out. 
You can be a friend from afar. Don't let them come into your inner circle. Life's too short to hang around that. I think when I turned 50, I realized that a lot more. You know, when I first started the church, I used to carry everyone's burdens and all that sort of stuff because you want the best thing. You know, and they always want the best. They pull you apart. But when you get a little bit older, you don't sort of care as much. But what you care, it's a different level of care. It's a care of direct faith into them. It's like the shepherd's job is not to live the life for the sheep. Our job is to throw you to the green pastures and the peaceful streams. We've got to point that way to you. We're not meant to live your life for you. We've got to help point you and encourage you and believe you. And sometimes that's, you know, we've got to give you a little slap around the head. We've got to, we've got to laugh at you. and we're, But that's good. Because our whole goal is to see you well, whole and healthy and going to heaven. And so we want your faith to build. So Jesus gets rid of these professional mourners. Because we, we know that real death is the separation of the soul from God, not body from the soul. And so he puts the unbelievers out and he takes a hold of this girl's hands, his little girl, get up, get up. And this girl gets up and the first thing she sees is Jesus' face. Beautiful. And she turns around and sees her mother and father. She goes, oh. I know them. Then I see the three disciples. And she goes, who the heck are these guys? But what a beautiful story. God brings faith into the life of those He touches. And He causes the faith to grow to a whole new level to match the miracle that He has. He takes a hold of her and He brings her up. She was dead, but now she's alive. And Jesus does the same to us. He does the same to us. He, we were dead in our sins, in our trespasses. He comes along with His grace, with His mercy, with His action on the cross. Took it all for us so that we can have eternal life. He did it all for us. We were dead and now we're alive. And I'm praying that right here, right now, that your faith can go to a whole new level, that your faith can, can stand, your faith can be strong. Church, why don't you just close your eyes right now? And I'm going to pray that wherever you're at, if there's a situation in your life, if there's, a, there's something going on in your world, if there's a problem or whatever, that, that whatever it is, I want you to see your faith matching even going beyond it, seeing it healthy, strong, sorted, redeemed, fixed. If it's a brokenheartedness going on, I want to see you healed. If it's a sickness, if it's cancer or something going on, I'm believing death to the cancer and life to the body. But I'm crying out right here as a pastor that, that just loves people to see your faith match whatever's going on in your world. And I want you to picture it, whatever's going on. But I want to see you with faith matching it. When Jesus says, just have faith, believe, but keep on believing. Keep on believing. See the answer. See the victory. It doesn't take any talent to dream big. 
It doesn't take any skill to dream big. It's just faith. It's being positive. See the outcome you wanna see. And if right now your faith doesn't match, if the obstacle or the problem or the drama is just too big or too overwhelming to see, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and I'm gonna pray that that boldness and that faith will come in and that this story of Jairus and his 12-year-old daughter and this woman with the issue of blood, how Jairus went on a journey with weak faith, hoping for a miracle, ended up hoping and believing for a resurrection where God can turn it around. And if your faith is weak, don't be afraid because that's how all of us are at some point of our life. That's how half of us always walk in life. But I wanna turn that around so that we can have loud, bold faith for the rest of our life and over every circumstance. So if that's you right now with no one looking around, and I'm praying for Christians here that just need a faith boost, an injection of faith coming into their life. They might have a particular thing going on in the world they just need some extra help in. It might be a relationship breakdown or it might be just a something. It might be finances or a job, whatever it is, but your faith doesn't feel like it's matching where you need to be. If that's you, just raise your hand. Say, yeah, no, that's me. I need a faith boost. Hands going up everywhere. Oh God, let me pray. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Father God, we thank You. We see your hands of lifted up in faith right now, God, crying out for you. God, we're praying right now in Jesus' name that faith will arise, that will chase after you, that will hunger and thirst for you. We thank you that our faith will match the, the problem, the heartache, the brokenness, Father God. In fact, it goes beyond it so that we see an answer, that we have faith for a great outcome. We have faith for victory, just as Jesus had faith on the cross for every single person. Father God, I thank You right here, right now that faith is building in Your world. Faith is building in Your life, that it's increasing, that it's growing, and that you're gonna feel the power of God. Like Jesus said, who touched me? He's feeling it now. This faith light inside of you is getting brighter and brighter. Faith is soaring in Your world. God, it feels like nothing's impossible, that You are the head and not the tail, that You are above and not beneath, that I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Fear not, for I am with You, says the Lord. Fear not, do not be afraid. Have faith, be strong, knowing that God is for you. Thank You, Jesus, faith coming, faith increasing in Jesus' wonderful Name. You can put your hands down. And while we're still praying with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just wanna ask you, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, if you've never asked to be born again, never felt the love of God, never felt the grace, the forgiveness, His mercy flood into your world, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so you can receive that grace, that forgiveness. If you never asked Jesus to come into your life, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so you can receive His power, 
His love, His mercy. And some of you, you may have been in Christian circles where you once knew God, but somehow you've drifted away. In the book of Timothy, it said some elders, they shipwrecked their faith. They drifted from the truth and their faith was, was, was shipwrecked and lost. And it feels like they once knew God, but then they've drifted away. And if that's you, I feel like God's saying, you know what, I want you to come back. Come back into the house of God. Come back into relationship with Him. Come back so that your faith and life can have a, an eternal destiny. God's calling you to come back. And finally, if you're just not sure you get to go to heaven, you want to go to heaven, but you're just not sure. You might be 95% sure that you get to go to heaven. Friend, that's not enough. I want to make sure that when you leave these doors that you're 100% sure that you're going to heaven. And the only way to be 100% sure you're going to heaven is having your faith in Jesus, asking Him to come in. See, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it say if you're good, you go to heaven. There's nowhere in the Bible does it say that. But it does say if you ask for forgiveness and you call upon His Name, you shall be saved. So right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I say that because I want you to look inside of your spirit to see where you're at, to examine where you're at, where you're gonna spend eternity with. Because we're not sure what happens outside these doors. A friend of mine, just two weeks ago in my motorbike group, 51, came off his bike, went on the other side of the road, passed away instantly when he hit another car. He thought there was a tomorrow. He thought there was an extra day. Friend, we're not sure what happens when you leave this place, but what we can do is make sure we're going to heaven right here, right now. So with every head bowed and every eyes closed on the count of three, I want you to, if you're asking Jesus to come into your life, if you're coming back to Him, or you just wanna make sure you're going to heaven, I want you to raise your hand up high and say, yeah, that's me. I wanna make sure I'm going to heaven. I want to spend eternity, everlasting life with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And in heaven, there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no grieving, there's no sorrow. What a phenomenal place. So on the count of three, that's you. Just lift it up high. One, two, three. Lift your hands up high. Thank you. I see your hand. Yeah, thank you. One, thank you. Keep your hands up high so I can see it. Thank you, Jesus. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Thank you, Jesus. Your hands can be, put your hands down. That's the greatest decision of your life. You can all look to me now. And I want to pray a prayer right now. And it's just a prayer asking Jesus to come into your life. And it's a prayer of faith. It's starting a relationship with Him. It's a trust with Him. So why don't we all stand and we say this prayer together. Say it as a family. Dear Lord, I ask You to come into my life. I ask to be born again. Cleanse me of all sin. Make me Your child. Today I renounce the devil and I live for You all the days of my life. In Jesus' wonderful Name. 
And everybody said, Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a great shout? God is good. Thank you, guys. You're awesome.